So we're going to start off tonight in the book of Zechariah. If you can't find Zechariah, go to the New Testament, go two books back, Malachi and then Zechariah, and you'll find it there. Excuse me, let me just clear my throat. So before we get into the scripture, we're going to read from Zechariah chapter 3. I just want to give a bit of context to what's happening here. So obviously Zechariah is a prophet of God. And what you'll see in the Bible that these prophets, we get the minor prophets and the major prophets, is they are prophesying to a specific people, a specific person in a specific time in the Bible. And so for example, Isaiah, if you read the book of Kings, there was those two kingdoms, there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Isaiah was prophesying to the northern kingdom. Jeremiah was prophesying to the southern kingdom. And so what we find in the book of Zechariah is that he was prophesying to the time of the book of Ezra. And so we know a little, I'm just gonna give a little brief outline and just add some context to where we're going. So in the book of Ezra, um, you remember last week, Sunday morning, we spoke about how God raised up Daniel and the, the King Cyrus issued a decree for the Jews to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. So he does that, right? his name's King Cyrus. He says, all the Jews who wanna go back, they can go back to Jerusalem and they can build the temple. And so they are headed up by a man called Zerubbabel. All right, and so that's Zerubbabel. <laughs> Even spelled weird. Anyway. And so they go back and they start working on the, they start working on the temple they build the foundation and then what happens is there's other people in the land who've been placed there by the king of Babylon and they start to come into opposition to what Ezra, or Ezra is there as well, but to what Zerubbabel and the Jews are doing. They come into opposition to the building of the temple. And says, so it says they, um, what does it say? Hmm. It says something good. All right. It says, they, it says it makes them fearful. They bring all these tactics to stop the building. They, they make them fearful. They bribe the counselors to like send like to like, like construction mafia. You think that's like today, it was happening then as well. You know, they were bribing these counselors to delay the work so they couldn't build the temple. And so eventually these people, they send a letter to the king. It was a new king um, in Persia. And they said, these guys are known, the Jews, they are known as being rebellious people. And so they're rebuilding a temple, they're rebuilding their city, and they're doing it in order to rebel against you. So the king's like, yo, no ways. They must stop the building of this temple. And so they, the king issues a decree and the Jews stop. And they stop for about 14 years. And then what happens is God sends a prophet who we know now as Zechariah, and he goes and he starts encouraging them. He starts saying to, to Zechariah and he starts saying to the Jews, carry on building the temple. Carry on building what God has asked you to do. And it says, despite what the king said, they carried on and they, and they built the temple. And so these other guys, they see um, what they said, well, they, the king said you must stop building, but you're still building. And so what he does is they, or what they do, is they write another letter now to a new king and they say, these guys whom this king said they must stop building, they're carrying on building. So what do you say about this? And they're expecting him to say, I'm gonna send the army now and I'm really gonna stop these Jews from building this, this temple. But the things turn around and what this new king says is like, yes, they must continue building the temple. And in fact, you guys who wanted to stop it, you must pay for it. 
out of your own taxes, out of your own things, you must pay for the building of the temple and you must support them and give them whatever they want. And so they obviously they finished the building of the temple. And so, like I said, there's a prophet that was sent in that time of delay, in that time of, of, of opposition to what God wanted them to build, God sent a prophet, Zechariah. And so we're gonna catch up with, the, with what he, exactly what he said to Zerubbabel. And so in Zechariah chapter three, verse six, it says this. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, a great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amidst shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands also shall compete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. I wanna focus on verse six. Then the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And so we know, seeing the end of this, that is exactly what God did. He worked things out supernaturally for the king in Persia to, to decree that now not only will the temple be built, but like I said, that these guys who were in opposition have to now fund the building of the temple. And so here's the thing where I wanna get to tonight is many of us, started out this year with a purpose, with an intention of where we wanted to go. We had an assignment from God to build. We wanted to get something done, but like the rubber ball, we've experienced setbacks and disappointments and things aren't going like we expected. And so their expectation for the rubber ball and for the Jews was that they would go and they would just build this temple quickly, finished and clear, but they never expected opposition. And so for many of us, God, at the beginning of the year, like I said, he, he laid a vision on your heart for this year and said, I want you to do this this year. I want you to build this. I want you to, to run this race. I want you to, to perform this task for me. And as we've gone through the year, it's not like we thought it would be. It's not as easy as we thought it would be. And especially now as we come to this time of the year, what we find is that we start getting weary and we're starting to get tired. And we're starting to get burdened with this thing that God has placed over us. And so that's not, never been God's intention to have those effects on us. Never meant to be weary. It's never meant to be burdensome. And so we're gonna look at this context in, verse chapters, in, uh, in chapter three, verse six. And we're gonna take Zechariah's prophecy and apply it to us so that we can keep building, just like the prophet would come to them and encourage them to keep building. God wants us to keep building. That which He has purposed in your heart for this year, that which He has intended for you to do, He wants you to keep doing it. And so whatever it is, whether it's your business, whether it's your education, whether it's your career, whether it's your marriage, whatever it is, what God has asked you to build, He says this over you to us, not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. And so when we break that down, that word might talks of our abilities. And so God gives us the blueprint of what He wants us to build. Bless you. 
And we start out this journey, we start out the building, we start out the race that we're meant to run, we start out in dependency on Him. But unknowingly to ourselves, we shift our dependency from God onto our own abilities. Galatians chapter three, just in a spiritual context, Paul's writing to the church in Galatia and he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? He says, having begun in the Spirit, are you now trying to work out your salvation? Are you now trying to perfect your Christianity by the flesh? So they changed from the Spirit to their own might, from the Spirit's might to their own might. And so that's not God's plan for us. That's not the way God wants us to do things. When He initiates something, He is the one who will do it. It's humanly impossible for, for a man or a woman to take on the responsibility that God has issued. To take on, if God says, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, if you take that from Him and you put it on yourself, it's gonna be heavy. It's gonna, it's gonna wear you down. It's gonna burn you out. And so it's never, it's never how it's supposed to work. There's supposed to be a co-laboring with Him. And so I wanna read Psalm 127, verse one to two. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved good sleep. And so there's a warning here. If God isn't building what he initiated, if he's not building, God said, okay, I want you to build this in your life this year. If he's not building it in you, if he's not building it through you, like I said, you're taking it upon yourself, the result is gonna be toil. The result is gonna be anxiety, guaranteed. Because like I said, we weren't meant to build this thing. We weren't meant to take it upon ourselves. We're meant to work with it. We're meant to be led by the Spirit, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so sometimes just through impatience, sometimes through just because of pride, and sometimes, like I said, just unknowingly, we make this transition. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a fine line. And when we cross that line, things change for us. In the beginning, we think, I've got this, Lord, I, I can do this. And we start working in our own abilities because He's not doing it fast enough. Lord, You said build this temple. We've been waiting 14 years. I think we're just gonna go ahead and do it ourselves. But God sends the prophet, said, no, 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 no. It's not by Your might. It's not by Your power. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so whatever it is that He's asked you to build, whatever it is that the race that He's asked you to run this year, it's by His Spirit. It's being led by the Spirit. It's, it's working with Him. Let him, him build the house. And so what, like I said, like what we said is that it slowly begins to wear us out and we will feel drained 
and we will feel burnt out. And if you're feeling like that, this is a sure sign that you're doing what he has asked you to do in your own strength, in your own ability. I'll say it again. If you're feeling weary, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling tired, it's a symptom. He said, Lord, I want you to do this. And I said, yes, thank you. I will do that by myself. And I've taken on this huge responsibility. I put it on my shoulders, what was meant to be on his shoulders. And now I find myself in August and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to build anymore. I don't want to run this race anymore. I'm just, okay, it's up. Finished. Nothing left inside of me. So letting God build the house is not sitting back and doing nothing, but recognizing a dependency on Him over and above my abilities. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus, in the Beatitudes, He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. And so, Jesus isn't saying, he's not talking about financial lack here. He's not talking about being financially poor and saying that's a blessing to be poor. But he's drawing an analogy. And so the analogy is this. If there is a homeless person out in the street, right? They have no job, they have no income, they have nothing. They are dependent, fully dependent on external circumstances to get through the day. They are fully dependent on someone giving them a meal someone giving them a house to stay. And so if someone doesn't give them food to eat, they won't eat. If someone doesn't give them a shelter to sleep in, they will stay on the street. And so just as that person is fully dependent on the help of others, that's how God wants us to be with Him. He wants us to be poor in spirit. We are recognize a need. I recognize that without Him, I cannot do this. Without Him, I cannot do life. Without Him, I cannot run this race. Without Him, I cannot build the thing which He has built me to do or built, asked me to build. And so, to say I don't need God is a violation of design. If you think you can do it by yourself, if you think you got this, if you think you're clever enough or strong enough or have wisdom enough not to consult Him, not to lean on the Holy Spirit, then you're violating your design. Man by design, it's like, it's the way He wired us. It's the way He put us together. It's the way He, he created us that we would need Him. No man, no woman was ever meant to do life by themselves. We were created to need Him. We were created to be dependent on Him. And like I said, when we shift from that dependency, from God to ourselves, that's when we get in trouble. That's when we begin to feel weary and that's when we begin to feel toil. In Proverbs chapter three, verse five to six. Proverbs 
says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I read again, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your straight your paths. And so in all of our ways, in every choice, in every decision, in every action, he wants us to acknowledge him. He wants us to, to not lean on our own understanding. He wants us to trust in the movements, in the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so God's not against education. He's not against your abilities. He's not against your strengths. He put those things inside of you. But the problem comes is when we raise our education, we raise our abilities above His. We say, I hear what you say, but I think I should do it like this. I hear what, the way you do it, but this is the way that I do it. And so when we go back to Zechariah 3 verse 6, there's might, which is our abilities, and then there's power, which talks of our strength. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Here again, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. You within yourself will never have enough energy and strength to complete what he is asking you to do. I read again, within yourself, within your human ability, within your human strength, your human vitality, your human energy, you will never have enough of it to complete what he's asking you to do. See, it's, it's a heavenly assignment and to complete that heavenly assignment, we need to stay connected to heaven. We need to stay connected to Him. We need to stay connected to the source. And so when we see the story of Zerubbabel, we see the story of the Jews rebuilding the temple, they had natural resistance. And what we will find is that we will have spiritual resistance. And so you can't fight the devil in your natural ability. You can't face the resistance that's coming against you no matter how big your biceps are, like Tino, you can look at Tino's biceps. It's like, he's got a long sleeve shirt, so I can't do a demonstration. <laughs> Tino's got like the biggest biceps out of all of us sitting here <laughs> combined, you know. But even with that, in that, in his own strength, he cannot face spiritual resistance. Spiritual fights, spiritual battles have to be fought from the Spirit. And so when the resistance comes against us, we have to stay connected to the source of strength who is the Spirit. The battle must be fought in the Spirit by the strength of the Spirit. And so even natural issues that we can find ourselves in through life, like natural opposition, those things can be sorted out in the Spirit. I'm reminded of Josh often will, will say it, Joshua will often say it when they Facing a challenge at work, like the trucks are striking or the container's missing or the ships, like the cranes are broken, whatever. You know, it's just like, it's like a crisis and they can't solve it. They can't fix it in the natural. And so what, and he said it so many times, like what they'll do, they'll go and fight it in the spirit. They break bread. 
And so they submitted to the Lord and said, Father, you do this. You are building this company. You are building this, Father. In your strength, we ask you, we petition you to do this. So they break bread and ask him. And he says, every time, <laughs> it just like, suddenly it works. They don't know how it works. They don't, know, they don't even have to know how it works. They don't have to understand. But they, what they, in that moment is they're drawing on the strength of the Spirit and not using their own strength, not using their own abilities. I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 to 31. It says this, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to read again. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. In him, in God, is the strength that we need. When we are feeling faint, when we are feeling weak, it says he is our strength. He gives strength to the faint. He, he gives strength to the weak. And then verse 31, 11 says, but they wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And it's just, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's a place where we can come to in God, where we're walking out our assignment in Him, where we're building the structure of our life that He's asked us to build. And in doing so, that we never get tired. This is, a real, this is a real thing. We can never be weary. We can never get tired. We never grow faint. Why? Because our strength is coming from Him. But here's the, here's the, 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 the deal breaker. This is for those who wait for the Lord. When we wait for Him, when we wait on Him, that's when this exchange takes place. And in that moment of, in that moment of waiting, there's this, Father, I've tried this in my ability. I've tried this in my strength. I know you've asked me to do this, but I can't. And so He says, come to me all you are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so there's this exchange where, Father, I've tried and I give it to you. And he comes and he says, receive strength. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. He never intended you to do this thing by yourself. 
His intention all the time was that He would do it through you, that He would do it with you, that He would be our, our strength, that He would be our source of ability, that He would be our source of life. And so as we wait on Him, strength comes. This ability comes to us. And that word wait, it's not, it's not like a, 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 a passive waiting. It's actually an active waiting. So it's not like just sitting and like, Lord, you know my address. If you want to come, I'll be, I'll be at home and then I'll see you later. It, it actually means to set up an ambush, to, to, to wait in the moment. And so tonight's a perfect example. It's like we know he's going to be here. And so I come to wait on him. I know he's going to come past me. Reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. He, she knew that he, he carried the power, that he carried the strength, that he carried the ability that she needed to be healed. And so she waited in ambush. And she waited, and the crowds were there, everyone was touching him. And as soon as she saw him, as soon as she saw the moment, she ran out through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. That's what waiting means. It's, it's, a, it's a recognition that I need Him. It's a recognition of dependency on Him. And it's waiting for the moment for Him to come to receive strength from Him. I want to end with a story. Um, often reference Heidi Baker. As so I was watching her testimony today, and so God had sent her to Mozambique, um, her and her family, and so they went. If you don't know Heidi Baker, you should just read up on an amazing, amazing woman of God. And so she went to Mozambique and they were struggling. Um, they'd opened about three or four churches. God had sent her there for the orphans, for the children. She said she only had about 300. She was like, whoa, that's still quite big. <laughs> she said she only had 300 kids, but they were struggling. People were shooting them or shooting at them, people were beating them up, they were struggling financially, and she said she just became sick, she became weary, she became tired, and she wanted to quit. She's like, Lord, I'll just go work in Kmart, I can't do this thing anymore. And so she hears about this revival meeting taking place, she makes her way there, and it says, in this place, God encounters her in the most dramatic way. And through the preacher that was preaching that he didn't even know who she was and she was on the front, God was ministering to her and he, and he speaks over says, God wants to know, do you want the nation of Mozambique? And she says, yes, Lord. And then she hears God say, then I need you dead. I need you to depend on me to do this. And she yields. And I think it's over a week when she has this encounter where God just ministers to her and ministers to her and she receives strength. She waits on the Lord. It was an opportune time, an opportune moment where she went to sought the Lord in recognition of her weakness 
in recognition of her dependency. Lord, I've been building this thing. I've been building your house, but it's not going as it should. I need you to build your house. And so she goes, just like the woman, with the issue of blood. And she reaches out to him and he touches her. She goes back to Mozambique and the floodgates open. Today they've opened over 10,000 churches. She says they've got thousands of kids. They've lost count of how many people they've raised from the dead, of how many deaf ears have opened, of how many blind people now see. But it came from that point of recognition. Father, you said I must go and build this house. You said I must go. You said I must do this thing. But I need you to help me do it. It's not by might. It's not by power. It can only be through the Holy Spirit. That which God initiated, God will do. Not you, not me, not any person. 